Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. My conversation today is a tender and difficult one, but I feel really honored that my friend Marana was willing to share it because I am confident that it is going to help someone and confident that God is in this and that everyone who listens will be helped and encouraged and will see that it is possible to heal from really hard things. Marana has walked through hard things. She has seen things that no one should have to see. In 2006, she was being a good friend, going to check on a coworker who didn't return to the office after lunch. And what she found catapulted her into years of grief and years of learning how to live with and deal with and process horrible trauma. Marana and I went to high school together, but really didn't develop a friendship until after my son Jackson died. I didn't know what she had gone through at the time, but I did know that she saw me in my grief. I could tell that she understood brokenness. I share a little bit about the first time we ran into each other as we begin the episode, but her big, huge, tender, compassionate, understanding heart just made me immediately think, I want to spend more time with her. And in those early days of grief, I didn't feel that too often with people. When we were done recording and started thinking about what to name the episode and what we wanted you as listeners to take away from our conversation, Marana sent me a text that said, it's never too late to start fighting for joy. And I knew, yep, that is the message here today because For Marana and for so many people, it takes years, maybe even a decade or two, to process big T trauma stuff. And it usually takes enlisting the help of a professional and asking God for the faith to believe in his timing in the healing. So friends, whatever you have been through, whatever you've seen, whatever you're stuffing down, tamping down, or trying not to think about, It's not too late to begin the fight for joy around it. You will most likely carry around the effects of grief and trauma for the rest of your life here on earth. And also, there is hope, there is help, and there is joy to be found and experienced. Also, please be aware that this episode centers around domestic violence. If you or someone you know is feeling threatened or unsafe, please know that there is help. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is open 24 hours a day, and I will put that number in the show notes for this episode. I'll also include some information about the bridge in case you are local to the Fremont area. I'm so glad you found my podcast today, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen in as Marana shares her story. And I hope you hear the message that it is never too late to do the work around trauma and that it is possible to experience a full, beautiful life on the other side. Well, hi, Mariana. I have really been looking forward to this time together and this conversation. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Joey. Yeah, yeah. well, as I texted you earlier this morning, I do believe God is going to do some special things through this episode and through your willingness to share. And I'm grateful that you said yes to do this with me. Thank you. I'm grateful you asked me. Yeah. Well, I always like to start by having my guests give a little introduction for my listeners. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your life. Yeah. So I'm Marana and I grew up in Fremont, mm-hmm. um, married to my wonderful husband of almost 25 years, been together for 27, mm-hmm. two beautiful grown daughters. 30 and 23, mm-hmm. which is crazy, crazy. to say. <laughs> um, I work from home and work for a business intelligence company, a uh, consulting firm in mm-hmm. Omaha, and mm-hmm. I do all the hiring. I do all of our corporate hiring. So mm-hmm. that is what I do in my professional life. Mm-hmm. Um, for hobby, we drag race. Mm-hmm. My husband drag races and we go all around the country. Mm -hmm. And that's super fun. It's something he has done his whole life. And I just jumped in and loved it just as much. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So we call it like camping with race cars because we go to different cities <laughs> uh-huh. and hang out with our uh-huh. friends and meet. Anyway, so that's yeah. kind of what yeah. we do personally. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, you know, just to give a little background about how you and I know each other. So, you know, we went to high school together, but I, I mean, we really didn't have um, much of a friendship uh, that I remember. Do you? No, remember? no, no, no. Um, but I do remember you always being so nice. I remember you being so cool. I mean, oh Miranda, you were so cool with that big 80s hair oh, and 80s hair. your style just kind of channeling your inner <laughs> rock band, 80s rock band, Madonna, all that stuff, right? Like, For sure. You were just really kind, really fun, really sweet, really pretty. I mean, those are the things I remember mm-hmm. about Miranda. Um, but it's really just been in the last 10 years that a real friendship has started to develop. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I mean, I want more time with Miranda, but, um, you know, we both went through hard things and um, our brokenness, I think our grief, our dependency on God to carry us through some really tough stuff is what has drawn us to each other and forged just this connectedness that I feel every time we're together. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we had connected already maybe on Facebook or through a reunion or something, but I will never forget the moment that I thought, I want to be friends with Marana. And that was when we ran into each other in that parking lot here in town. Um, It hadn't been too long after Jackson had died and you hugged me and you looked at me with just such care and love. And I don't even remember what you said or if you even said much at all, but I just remember being comforted through your presence and your empathy and your compassion and and what I know now, I mean, your understanding of the brokenness of the world. Yeah. I could feel that in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It was very special. And I don't know that I remember even what I said or even maybe what you said, but just yeah. that, just mm-hmm. just being there. Yeah. And just listening. Mm-hmm. Well, I just remember in that stage of life too, feeling like I was such a burden for people. Mm. I was somebody that maybe they wanted to avoid just because, I mean, if you just have a second, it's hard to have just a couple minutes with somebody in deep grief. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to walk the other way or just kind of be like, oh, I'll, I'll check in with her later. Or I just, I felt mm-hmm. a lot of times when I was out and about in town that I was um, a heavy presence presence for people. And I just remember you seeing me and then like making a beeline Mm -hmm. for me. And that was just not something that a lot of people were doing at that point. I mean, granted, people were being kind and Mm -hmm. helpful and nice and supportive and all the things. But I'm just saying like in a unscripted, unpredictable moment of just running into somebody in, in grief, it takes courage and intentionality to just walk towards them instead of being like, I got a meeting or I need to get home or I got, you know, yeah. so thank you for what that took in that moment. It, it impacted me. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. I believe God was definitely in the midst of that at that moment. And yeah, yeah, I do too. Starting a reconnection. Yeah. A beautiful reconnection. Yeah. Yes. And then we found out we have mutual friends and yeah. um, we've just been able to spend some special time together yeah. over the last couple of years. I've loved it. Me too. Well, let's uh, dive into your story, Marana. I think oftentimes when when people go through something really hard, especially a big T trauma or a death, in your case, experiencing both, um, life can be kind of divided into a before and an after. Mm-hmm. I know that has happened with me. I'll be trying to think about a date or when something happened and my mind just kind of goes to, well, was that before Jackson died or mm-hmm. after? So before I hear a little bit about your friend, Katie, I would love for you to share just a little bit about what your life looked like up to that point, kind of the before, like where were you at in life? Did you had both girls? Were you married? You know, just kind of where you were at in your faith journey, just whatever you want to share to kind of give us a little bit of a backdrop to what Miranda's life looked like then leading up to what you walked through. Yeah. Um, I think I would start with... um, at that, the before was, um, I felt like life was going mm. great and mm. everything was just like sunshine and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been married and divorced and had had my oldest daughter, Alyssa, who was a true blessing, like looking back in God's mm-hmm. timing on everything for sure. Um, but I had uh, met Corey mm-hmm. and... We were, he was my person and mm-hmm. life was good. And we had Maggie and, mm-hmm. 
yeah, just he had started his business here in town and mm-hmm. I felt like every everything that I had prayed for prior to um, Katie, that was all coming true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. when I think about it, I think I was, I feel like I was naive mm-hmm. to the world. Like mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. peachy. Yeah. Like, yeah. The world is just going to be this great, happy place. Um, you know, it, experiencing hardships of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm not taking away from divorce. That was a hard time. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but nothing could for me, mm-hmm. um, equal what happened, yeah. um, prior to, yeah. to that day. You didn't feel like all of these hard things had prepared you for this really hard thing. Correct. It was more of just, Correct. just, you know, knocked the wind out of you. Right. Yeah. Right. So tell us a little bit about Katie. So you worked together. Yeah. So Katie came to us, um, where I was working here in town and just this bubbly blonde haired California girl, um, Mm -hmm. beautiful, funny, moody, Mm -hmm. just really sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just had a fast friendship, you know, Mm -hmm. I think most of it was inside of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then she, she knew all of our kids. Mm-hmm. I had had Maggie through that time. So she definitely was like mm-hmm. Aunt Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, she just, we became fast friends. She was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, she was dating a man from from town and mm-hmm. that started great. And we mm-hmm. were super happy for her that she had met him. And... Um, Slowly through time, realized that that wasn't a good relationship. Mm -hmm. She hid a lot of that from everybody. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, as we kind of moved closer to that time that um, she was taken from us, I I think she started to kind of share and let Mm -hmm. people know. And she couldn't really hide things anymore. It was Mm -hmm. abusive and Mm -hmm. ugly and... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wanted out. So she was doing all of the things that she was supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of everything she could do, mm-hmm. keeping mm-hmm. her circle kind of tight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd go to the Y and work out so that she mm-hmm. didn't have to go home. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, she would spend as much time, I think, at work, working overtime or mm-hmm. coming in early, yeah. staying late to... Yeah just not go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, you didn't really have a category to think how bad this could go, right? I mean, correct. you just were kind of hearing her cries for help maybe, but yeah. not understanding yeah. how serious domestic violence can, can get. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was a few weeks before she passed away, maybe even a month, that she actually came to work with some visible bruises. And I was like, what? That was my mm-hmm. first experience with uh, mm-hmm. domestic mm-hmm. violence. And so she had confided in me and we had talked through that. And I knew she had reached out to the bridge and she was getting all of the proper paperwork in order and, you know, protection orders. Um, Cause at that moment or at that time she had said she was done. She wanted to break up and she wasn't going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, live like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So in her, you know, kind of telling me what was going on, it was, I think she also felt mm-hmm. like li- it lifted it off her chest. Mm-hmm. She was keeping it very mm-hmm. quiet, mm-hmm. which in many cases that is common. Yeah. Common. And that is what happens. Um, mm-hmm. and then she, yeah. And then she just kind of started living life. So mm-hmm. things were going okay for her. Mm -hmm. She felt Mm -hmm. things were calm. Things Mm -hmm. were quiet. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, looking back, it was the calm before the storm. Right. Yeah. Right. Which in some ways is a gift to have Mm -hmm. that minute of Mm -hmm. calm, but it also makes when the storm comes more traumatic and more devastating. Yeah. Kind of think things like you said, are she's getting all of her ducks in a row Mm -hmm. and everything in line for a new different life and yep. some safety and, and that isn't 
how it went. No, so, no. Um, I would l- just be gentle with yourself as you share, because I am learning that when we retell uh, traumatic things, our minds know we're not going through them again, but our yeah. bodies don't always. Yeah, my heart's racing. Uh-huh. Right and so sometimes <laughs> we feel it in our body in a similar way to some of the things, not to the same level, but some of the same ways that we felt when we walked through it. And so um, I've, you know, shared with other guests too that have come on to talk about hard things that we just have to be gentle with ourselves and share what you want to share. And, you know, we can get the big idea of things without details, but it also, it does, you know, help, I think my listeners to understand um, the hope and the joy that can come when they understand how um, hard and ugly this broken world can be. So, so tell us a little bit about what happened to Katie then. So did you know something was off that day or kind of walk through whatever you're comfortable walking through that day? I actually love sharing the beginning of that day. Um, and try to, you know, really that's, if I think about her, I think about her that morning. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She walked in with this light that I cannot explain. It was incredible, especially coming off of many times seeing her in a very dark place. Um, But she walked into work that day just illuminated. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I can't even, I mean, I can explain it today. But um, I just remember thinking, and many of us actually said to her, you're glowing. You're beautiful. You look angelic, wow. like all these things. And she was so happy and bubbly that day. And she said, you know, things feel like they're going well. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great day. It was a beautiful day in April. The sun was shining. Um, I very vividly remember, uh, and I guess I'll share that a little bit later, but I very vividly remember driving down Clarkson street and all of the trees were blooming it was beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that day really felt very normal. She went to lunch, and um, she was a, one of the supervisors for us. And she was a very she was very prompt. <laughs> she was always she was very responsible. So when she left for lunch, she was like, "See ya. I'll be back." And an hour and 10 minutes went by, and I'm like, mm, that's weird. And asked everyone, have you seen Katie? Have you talked to Katie? Did she call? You know, it was kind of uh, that type of thing. And for whatever reason, and it was, I mean, I'm sure it was God, but um, I just said, I'm going to go to her apartment, and maybe she fell asleep over lunch. I'll be back. And left. Which is not something that was By yourself, normal. Just and you, just, yeah, yeah just grabbed mm-hmm. my stuff and was like, okay, well, I'm going to go just get her and make sure she's fine and come back. Mm-hmm. And drove down Clarkson Street towards her apartment, mm-hmm. thinking, noticing the trees. I do remember like like this beautiful day in this beautiful blue sky. Um, I think that's also kind of a trauma thing too when you, you know, there's certain images and things. But um, got to her apartment, her car's there. Um you know, knocked on the sliding doors, nothing. Um, thought I heard a commotion inside, but didn't really think anything of it and just thought, why is she not answering? That's so strange. Went into the hallway to, she lived in an apartment complex, went into the hallway to knock on her front door. And at that time I had called one of the gals at the office and I said, did she come back by chance? Like her car's here, but nobody is answering. Um, and just started pounding on the door. And what I remember is as I was talking, I was pounding harder. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely remember like pounding on the door and kind of yelling, mm-hmm. you know, Katie. And opened the door and our apartment was dark. Actually, the door opened. Mm-hmm. I didn't open her mm-hmm. door. The door opened, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um Walked in, the apartment was dark, looked in the kitchen and her things were laying there, keys or, you know, we didn't, I don't think we really had cell phones. Did we have cell phones? I don't know. Anyway, her keys and her wallet were laying on the counter. 
Um, looked around, everything looked normal, was saying her name, still was on the phone, and turned on the light in her bedroom, and there she lay. Um, yeah, there she lay, and it was horrific. It was um, things that are only, you see them on TV, and I just kept, and, and I do, I think I remember just falling to my knees, but still, like, I was yelling her name, uh, waiting, you know, just thinking like she was going to get up and she wasn't getting up. And I just remember running back and forth from her bedroom to the hallway and screaming, somebody call 911, somebody call 911. I don't think I was on the phone any longer. Um, was afraid to move her. Um, she was, I mean, she definitely, there was a lot of blood and I, and she was not moving. And so I was afraid I was afraid of the situation. It was, it was horrific and shocking and not something people see. And so it didn't feel like long. Uh, there were all of a sudden then people around me and, and, uh, paramedics and Mm -hmm. fire trucks and police officers. Um, and then, I mean, things get kind of blurry. So I, you know, I was, somebody called my husband, Mm -hmm. uh, I walked outside and he was running Mm -hmm. towards me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I remember just physically being sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also remember just people kind of gathering around me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept saying, find so-and-so, find mm-hmm. so-and-so. This, you have to go find him. Mm-hmm. He did this. Mm-hmm. It just, I just knew. Yeah. Just yeah. knew. Uh, come to find out he had... Um, broke into her apartment. That's why the front door was actually un- unlocked. Um, he had hidden her closet and he waited for her. Um, so it was definitely a thought through right. um, yeah. thing. He yeah. actually pedaled a bike from Scribner to Fremont to wow. do that. Wow. And wow. pedaled his bike. I think timing and what uh, police have said and just in, in, you know, mm-hmm. kind of reenacting that day. Um, I actually knocked on the door, the screen or the glass sliding jo- door, and he was still in the in there. So they wow. believe that wow. I might have startled him and he had left um, wow. and went out the front door. And that is why it was unlocked. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets just, I mean, there's, it just gets fairly blurry Mm -hmm. the rest of that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was the, that was Mm -hmm. a a life changing moment. For sure. For sure. For sure. And I think even when you have this feeling of, um, like you said, uh, you knew probably what happened from the minute you saw it. It's just the chaos of a traumatic event like that. Mm -hmm. Um, forever changes you just like Mm -hmm. you said and just catapults you into kind of what I was talking about the after I want to jump in here quickly to share again about my partnership with BetterHelp the world's largest online therapy provider with over 30,000 licensed trained experienced and accredited psychologists therapists and counselors In the last couple of years, four out of 10 Americans have begun using online counseling services to meet with their therapist, often due to the convenience, accessibility, and affordability of this treatment option. As I continue to reflect on my own grief journey, I just can't help but reflect on how helpful solid Christian counseling has been for me. If you think that counseling would help your fight for joy, visit my new link at betterhelp.com slash fighting for joy. Be sure to add the slash fighting for joy at the end for your listener discount to take effect. I've said it many times before, and I will continue to say it. Quality counseling is a worthy investment in your fight for joy. Right. And so now you have seen something, you have experienced something, you are beginning to walk through something that um, changed your life. It will continue to change your life. Yeah. And so what did the the following weeks and months look like for you? So, you know, you obviously were caught up then in the investigation as well because you were yeah. there, but just um, in regards to 
the trauma of what you saw and experienced the grief of losing a friend. Um, tell me, um, there's not a lot of joy there, I'm assuming, during no. that time. And so what were some of the things that quickly started taking away your joy and um, what did the beginning of your grief journey and your trauma healing journey look like? Um, you know, that was, that was, yeah, forever changing. And, um, I felt I have, it's innate in me to be very responsible. So Mm -hmm, I felt mm -hmm. this immediate need to the responsibility of my husband and my children, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and not falling completely apart. Um, I also felt this huge responsibility for Mm -hmm. all these people who worked, Mm -hmm. uh, for me and with me Mm -hmm. who had also lost a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I also felt this huge responsibility to Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, there was, Mm -hmm. I, and, and, you know, I've learned to deal with this through these last 18 years of guilt. I felt very guilty that Mm -hmm. I wasn't there sooner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right that I couldn't help. Mm-hmm. She was gone before mm-hmm. I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is a very common thing to feel. Yeah. And yet an unrealistic thing. Yeah. To, you know, yeah, you, I mean, yeah. that takes work. It takes work it to takes fight those feelings because I, I understand <laughs> yeah. it. It's natural. Um, you know, I had a lot of guilt. I still do sometimes around Jackson's accident too. Yes. And it's the same thing. It's, there's nothing different that probably could have happened it um but it's it's you those things linger yeah and the responsibility piece I I resonate with that to you immediately as a woman as a mom as a friend okay I need to help everybody else yes and that's really the mode I went into um Mm -hmm. especially shortly after that and her parents uh were divorced her mom and her mom lived in California at the time. Her uh, dad and her stepmom lived in California. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so she, for them, mm-hmm. coming to Fremont, Nebraska was coming to hell on earth. Mm. Um, and so that was a really <laughs> difficult time too. So I I felt this responsibility mm-hmm. um and was helping with the, mm. the funeral plans. Um, I felt this responsibility and just dove into um, cleaning her apartment and mm. lining up all the people that are going to come and take, you know, move her things and donate and what, you know, her parents were there and they took what they wanted. And then, then they went home and, I was like, okay, wow. Wow. what do I do with all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was th- this huge... And then I think just I needed to think about... I was forced to think about the investigation and um, because he did turn himself in mm. um, within hours of mm. Katie passing. Um, mm. He rode his bike to the police station and just said... I just killed my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend. And so, um, you know, there's a lot that goes in then to that. And was there going to be a trial? And was there, you know, was it going to be here? And Mm -hmm. is he going to stay in jail? Were they, Mm -hmm. you know, so there was just, Mm -hmm. there was just all of that too. I, and, and I, it's hard to remember like what, Mm -hmm. how did I keep going? I don't really know how I kept going. Right. Well, there is, I mean, there is some grace in the shock that we feel after something hard. There is some grace in the fact that there's things to be done. And so for a a time, I feel like when there is a traumatic event, especially involving a death, there are things to do. There are responsibilities. There's, you know, the shock and the fog that you're experiencing that kind of somehow you get through it. I mean, I, I've right. heard that from so many people. I've experienced you that too. That. Yes. You kind of look back and you're like, I don't even remember how I did that or yeah. how I got from A to B or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God I, does carry us. He does carry us. And I do remember just kind of a specific moment where I thought, 
I can't fall apart. Mm-hmm. I have two young girls mm-hmm. and, hus- and, a, and a husband and a family. And like, yeah. I'm just going to focus on them. That's mm-hmm. all. That's mm-hmm. all I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, in, in the work I've done now in this after to heal, I realize that's obviously the, that was a trauma response as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just trying to control and right. take care of and just hone in on my girls mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of just stay one, one day, one foot in front of the other and do the tasks I needed to do and just love them well and take care of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is a good thing. It is. That a good is thing. a good thing, but it's also not sustainable because that Correct. darn grief will come back. Correct. And say, no, you got to yeah. deal with me. Yeah. And we got to process this stuff and we have work to do. So, yeah. I, I mean, there are so many unhealthy things people can turn to. So, turning to family, I mean, that's beautiful, Miranda. That's, I mean, that's you and that is. That is a very healthy thing to run to. But yeah, tell me what it looked like when you finally realized, like, I think I need help. Well, let me tell you, Jody, that, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after kind of everything settled with Katie, that was that pro- that took about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you, I went into I did therapy um, right away mm-hmm. Good. after that first year. Mm-hmm. I it wasn't a fit, mm-hmm. yeah. And in my mind, I was like, "Well, I've got I got enough out of this mm-hmm. first five sessions. I'm good mm-hmm. because I did feel good that I had like had shared. Yeah, something. it does feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, part of my protect and control my family so that nothing happens mindset was I'm not going to share anything that I'm feeling experiencing, Mm -hmm. you know, physically, mentally with Corey and the girls, Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't want to put that on them. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to feel or carry that Mm -hmm. ever. I don't want them to have those visions. I'll just keep all that to myself. Mm -hmm. And I did that for 10 years. Wow. And to the point of, Mm -hmm. I can't do it anymore. Right. Like, right. And, and I, and that's where, you know, the podcast with Teresa really kind of Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I released that episode with Teresa Glantz, who's a trauma healing coach. And you texted me that morning and you were like, I just listened to it and so much resonated with me. So share, share what resonated with you from just a couple of things. Yeah. I think one of the biggest is that your body holds trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not just your mind. Mm-hmm. But your body yeah. is holding that. Yeah. And and so as I was kind of, I felt like I was kind of waking up after this 10-year fog mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. living life and shallow breathing just mm-hmm. to survive mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what I kind of think yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I started to feel my body changing. Mm-hmm. Um, another episode would have been your menopause episode. And I was like, okay, that could be menopause. That could be actually trauma. That's, it could be yes, both. Yes. It could be all of the above. It's all of the it above. It is all the above. Especially when you have gone through trauma <laughs> yeah, and yeah. grief. And so I think um, mm-hmm. I really, what started kind of the journey of healing was mm-hmm. my girls mm-hmm. were growing. Yeah. My youngest was ready to leave the house and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Now what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't have Your kids coping take, mechanism yeah. is taken away now. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so many blessings it, with those two um, that they were ready to fly and go on their own. And I just looked at Corey one day and I said, you don't need another mama. You already have one. Mm-hmm. I can't be that to you, but I want to be your wife because mm-hmm. I am excited for this next phase of our life. But I got to do something. I got to mm-hmm. do some deep, ugly healing. And he just looked at me and he's like, he's a fixer. Yeah. He's a builder. Yeah. <laughs> right. He said, right. But can't, but can't I fix it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. babe, mm-hmm. I've got to fix it. Yeah. This is deep in my core and I've got to fix it. Yeah. And it, it's going to start with, I mean, it had to start with everything. Yeah. 
So um, I I was able to connect with a wonderful mm. Christian counselor mm-hmm. and started that unpacking, mm. Mm. which was so hard. So hard. And things came out that I didn't even know I was holding on to. Things from when yeah. I was a little girl. Yeah. Things from, I mean, and it we just worked all the way mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful and hard mm-hmm. and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I would never, I would, I would tell, I mean, you've, you've shared it. Um, mm-hmm. It's so healthy. Mm-hmm. On this side, I can say that. Yeah. It's so healthy and wonderful. Yeah. Um, so in conjunction with that, I, I, you know, was trying to figure out my health and mm-hmm. um, started mm-hmm. seeing a, a functional medicine mm-hmm. physician, wonderful woman, you know, started to mm-hmm. try and just figure out all of that. Um, and really, you know, I started thinking about, Maggie was about ready to graduate and I thought, I need a hobby. And that's <laughs> really, <laughs> I think, I always say God has a really great sense of humor because mm-hmm. I kept being led to mm-hmm. healing, mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't take care of, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. taking care of everybody else because that's mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's who that I was born to take care of other people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but God kept leading me to you need to heal. Mm-hmm. You you're your you're going to be the hobby. You're going to fix. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You're your own hobby. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then the other piece, and I guess I should probably back up. The other piece prior to um, the Christian counseling was just getting back into my faith. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. always had faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt led to get back to church and find us a, a place mm-hmm. that felt mm-hmm. good and like mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And I went to a, I went to a church here in Fremont and snuck into the back of it mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. and ugly cried and was like, it was terrible. But the, I was like, this, why is this pastor talking to me? Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, <laughs> oh, it was God talking mm-hmm. and I need to keep coming back here. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so, and that was 2017. Mm-hmm. So that was kind mm-hmm. of the beginning mm-hmm. of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And and just since 2017, have really focused on mm-hmm. healing all yeah. of that. Yeah, because there was a lot of stuff that was happening to me that I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't relating to trauma or post traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot mm-hmm. of post traumatic stress. Yeah. We need help figuring that all out yeah. because like you said, we don't know what to attribute a lot of these things to, why no. we're feeling this way, why this thing is happening. And I remember that Teresa Glantz um, saying as well that people can tend to get pretty excited at the beginning of trauma healing. Like, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm going to work through my trauma and this is good. Yes. And, and she said they just have no idea the depths that they're going to have to go no. to to get the healing they want. It's worth it. But it is absolutely exhausting work. And so it's a kind of a gift to get somebody in ready to get started on it, not knowing what they're going to have to go through and the depths they're going to have to get to, to begin that healing. But um, I'm proud of you for for the work you've been doing. And I love that you touched on the holistic nature of how God created us because... You know, we can just focus in like you did relationally. Okay, I'm just going to focus in on my family. Well, we aren't just relational beings. We're spiritual beings. We're physical beings. We're emotional beings. Like, so then we get off kilter and we're just so uber focused on one thing, then that thing's gone. Your girls flew the nest, you know, your husband's out working and it's like, uh oh, now what? And so... Um, I, I love that. Like your hobby is going to be you because you've got to figure out how to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, you know, that is that is a journey that is a personal, intimate, individual journey of figuring out how to care for yourself spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Yeah. You know, all of all of the facets of our being and yeah. that, you know, the the body carrying our grief and our trauma. I just had no idea the how that looks how that feels I but it is either. so true i did not either it is so true and then when you hit all this in middle age it's and then when you hit it when you're empty nesters it's yeah, like yeah it's boom 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 and so it's all mangled and mushed together and you're just like i don't know 
what to attribute it all to. And so it takes time to sort it all out. It takes time to try different things. And I feel like the conversation that you had with Corey, I mean, I got teary when you were sharing that because we had conversations like that too. And, you know, when you have a supportive, loving husband who wants the best for you mm-hmm. and there's nothing that they can really do, but just keep loving you yeah. and supporting you that can feel, I mean, that's all we need, but that can feel helpless to them yes. when they are so capable and they're able to fix so many things. And, yes. um, it's, it's a journey as a couple, if you let your spouse in, to some of, like you said, I'm just not going to tell them all of these things. Well, you made it 10 years. That's that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also, you know, that is a long time to just battle with all of this in your body and it mind. It was, definitely. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was, it had gotten too heavy. Mm-hmm. It had just gotten mm-hmm. too heavy. Yeah. I had to. Yeah. I did, you know, I, I kind of thought to myself, like, which part of me is going to break? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it has been absolutely wonderful because it has drawn Corey and I closer together. I do know how to cope. You know, I've, I've learned different coping mechanisms for right. things that might make me anxious today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People who might make me anxious mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of a small community yeah. and, and just knowing that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. been really good and mm-hmm. and very. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a journey as it you is. know. Yeah. And um, I remember uh, uh, one of the police officers that was on scene checked in on me regularly, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I was super appreciative of. Wow, I mean, our that's special. Our community is. I agree. Pretty amazing. I agree, it Marana. Really, when is. you go through something really, really hard, and you see some of these first responders step up in that wow. way, they did the same thing for us. Yeah. I remember him coming over one day and it had, it had to have been at least a year past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, He just wanted to know how I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do you mean? How am I doing? Is Mm -hmm. what, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he came over and sat on our couch and just said, I just want you to know Mm -hmm. that sometimes in life, you're going to have to wear the hat of that day. But it's wow. okay to take that hat off and to put wow. it in the closet. Wow. And I just looked at him and that that just, I needed it that day. And I still reflect on that. Um, That's a really good word. Because mm-hmm. we we can, yeah, we will carry grief yeah. forever. Yeah. We will have moments and dates and smells and mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that trigger a memory that bring on a memory that we can love, but also that could be kind of traumatic again and like make you feel not mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. we should wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear it for the moment. I but love it's that. okay to put it back away. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I really had to learn that because I just felt like I, yeah, that was just going to be what, yeah, you know, yeah. That was just going to be whatever. Wow. The rest of the life. It's similar to the the phrase that we use sometimes about grief is sometimes we just have to put our grief on the shelf and sometimes we yeah. need to pull it down and just really lean into it. Yep. Depending on the day, on the situation, on where you're at and what you need to process and go through. And it's too much to carry all the time, but it's also you just can't stuff it for very long either. No. So Correct. Well, I was going to ask you about some of the ways that you fight for joy. Um as you continue to process and, and heal, and you've already listed off a bunch. Is there anything else? I mean, you've talked about Christian counseling. You've talked about being open and vulnerable with your husband. You've talked about um, addressing some body physical stuff. You've talked about, um, you know, a number of things. But is there is there anything else that you think, as I look at you across the, the room here, I mean, you are you're a beautiful picture of, of joy and hope. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I call it fight for joy because, um, it's a fight. And there are times that we wonder if we'll ever have happiness, much less Mm -hmm. joy again. Mm -hmm. And yet there are so many practical things that we can do, little baby Mm -hmm. steps we can do to begin that journey. And, and you have kind of the quote unquote street cred to come here and, and to share like, you guys, whatever you are going through, whatever you've seen, whatever you've experienced, whatever you're carrying that you haven't shared with somebody for 10 years, 
Like there is, there's hope on the other side of that. And here are some practical things to maybe start with, um, as you begin your own fight for joy and your own healing journey, what would you say or add to what you've already said? Oh, well, I would say, first of all, don't keep it in for 10 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a really great way to, you know, you've, you've got to get, Mm -hmm. um, connected. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, faith for me has really been the key. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I say that, and I mean, like Mm -hmm. I have dove into good Christian relationships, Mm -hmm. um, finding women with wisdom that Mm -hmm. I can speak to that Mm -hmm. speak to me, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. just connecting myself Mm -hmm. and, and I, I didn't let a lot of people in Mm -hmm. for like 10 years Mm -hmm. because I was going to keep that circle tight. Mm -hmm. I had Mm -hmm. extended my heart and self to Katie. And that to me was Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm never doing that again. But we weren't made to walk alone. No. Um, We weren't, we were made to Mm -hmm. find good Mm -hmm. people to Mm -hmm. connect with. And so... I feel like this next chapter of life mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. is to stay in the word mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. That is so important. Mm-hmm. I journal every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I come back to that and praise every day. Mm-hmm. I try to find blessing in everything and be, I've always been like mm-hmm. the glass half full. Mm-hmm. And then there was just a time where I wasn't, Yeah, but I've always been that person. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. I just needed to like, I yeah. just needed to, you know, heal. Have but a anyway, moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Understandable. <laughs> yes. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I think those are the things. Yeah, you I love just... that. I think that isolating is. I mean, that's such a temptation it um, is. to isolate and to pull in and to kind of fall into a level of despondency that um, you just kind of give up on the little joys yeah. in life and. Yeah you know, new friendships, new, I mean, I remember that in grief too, of just those first few years thinking, I don't want to have to tell this story to anybody new. And so I guess these Mm -hmm. are my people now, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and also I had similar feelings and so did Eric too, to what you just said about not wanting to get hurt again. Yeah. So it, it's, it takes a lot of courage to think like, okay, I'm going to let myself love another person, another friend, you know, keep investing in my other children who are living. I'm going to keep working on my marriage. I'm going to be open to new friendships that God's going to bring. And I'm going to be okay with some of the other friendships that I thought were going to be my people now who are kind of fading into the distance. All of that together is really a trust thing. And just being like, okay, I need to keep my heart soft and open and tender. And again, that's what that's what I noticed about you that first time in that parking lot. Oh. And knowing what I know now, like it's a miracle. It's a miracle to look at you and to be like, okay, you are a beautiful, hopeful, joyful, gracious, grateful, thoughtful, oh. intentional woman of faith. And, you know, you... you have so much to bring to the table. And I'm so thankful you were willing to come and share today because um, I think that glass half full thing, I think that's a, a thing where God has wired certain people towards that tendency, but the real brokenness of the world can make even the most glass half full person crushed for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. Thank you. Yeah. I think one thing too, that I have found beautiful, um, in my girls. Cause there was a, I mean, I have a lot of guilt of like mm-hmm. this tenure of like, just mm-hmm. being a mummy and walking through life. Like, eh. I mean, there was some beautiful things that happened in that sure. time. And, sure. and, but I also felt like I cheated my girls a little bit. So mm-hmm. being able to now as an adult, mm-hmm. they're adults mm-hmm. and them seeing their mama heal. Mm-hmm. them knowing, Mm -hmm. um, that they sometimes need to be a voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. Um, they've walked through this life. They've walked Mm -hmm. through being at the bridge with Mm -hmm. us, um, and me 
um, going every year, being a part, speaking. Um, yeah, share a little bit out. about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bridge. I mean, for people who don't know yeah. what that is, it is our local, um, uh, our local domestic violence center. Um, mm-hmm. They cover a five county air uh, radius mm-hmm. here, and they are just instrumental to anyone who's feeling mm-hmm. bullied or who is in mm-hmm. in the depths of domestic violence they they walked they held my hand mm. through a year wow after Katie that I didn't wow. even know that they would do right yeah, like right. I mean they were going they were doing all these things with me wow. um so I am I mean I the girls have always been a part of going to the candlelight vigils every mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. um Alyssa has Alyssa has spoken I have spoken um both of my girls have had situations where they've had to step in mm-hmm. and I find that some beauty from mm-hmm. the ashes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they are able to see that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where I was naive to that at the time. Yeah. Um, not that I want them mm-hmm. to have to see that, but yeah. that they will be a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that is, that is a tremendous resource in our community Yeah, that has helped many people that I know and love yeah. um, walk through walk out of, mm-hmm. get out of mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. that are not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly just appreciate them. They mm-hmm. are some of my favorite humans, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. women that work there full time. Mm-hmm. I uh, am a part of the crisis line. So mm-hmm. that was something I had to work through. Um, mm-hmm. I always wow. wanted to help wow. them yeah. because I felt that part of me that was guilt felt guilty that I couldn't help Katie in mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought if I can just help yeah. one woman walk yeah. away, a little bit of one redemption woman. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it took some time, mm-hmm. but I, I, I am a part of the crisis line and on a weekly basis and, um, direct those calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to work out mm-hmm. with my counselor mm-hmm. We had to role play and go through scenarios wow. because I thought, how am I ever going to do this again? Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. get one phone call mm-hmm. and somebody's going to need help and I'm going to melt mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah. So we did that, wow. but it was wow. it was a blessing because now I I have mm-hmm. taken several calls that I've been able to mm. move them to a place where wow. they can be helped. Wow. Um, so yeah. That's beautiful. And it is something that I continue to tell people is that if you want to find some purpose in your pain and some greater healing, it's as counterintuitive as it sounds, you really just need to look to others and how you can help, how you can serve, how you can um, be there for somebody else. Even when your person will never come back, your circumstances will never change. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't you know, take away what you've walked through, but it does give you a little bit of um, just restoration and redemption and feeling yeah. like, okay, God is going to use this. It's not like I still have a hard time believing that our big God couldn't do things a different way, right? Like, so I yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I'm just like, oh, this was so worth it to have to walk through all this. I don't think so, but I do love seeing little pieces of how my pain and your pain and what we've walked through, how that can help other people and give other people hope because we need each other when we are going through really hard things. And so I love that you have turned towards a place that helped you and said, now let me come in and help as well. And that does, it does bring further healing. It It really does. does. And to circle back what you were saying about your girls too, because I've had similar feelings of just, man, they got gypped for a few years because I was not able to be what I needed to be, what they needed me to be, what I wanted to be. And yet I just, the further, uh, the more time that passes, I think the more that God has helped me to give myself grace for that. And my girls, I'm sure your girls are the same way too. And Turner, um, all of our kids have just I mean, they're not holding that over us. They no. get it. And you know that there's that whole little meme going around now too of like, be gentle with your mom. This is her first time around as 
a mom at this stage of life too, right? And I think our kids know that. Like we're just trying to figure it out too. And so it's not, there isn't an expectation that we have to do it all perfectly, especially when we've seen some really hard stuff in life. But one of the other things Teresa Glantz had said to me too was like, there's always time. There's always time to circle back to your adult children and say, darn it, I wish it was different and it wasn't. And so please forgive me for the times that you needed me and I wasn't there. Um, But we can trust God through it. And like, I am here now and I'm healthier and I'm, I'm happier. And I want to continue to cheer you on when you go through hard things. And we're just not going to do like relationships, especially family relationships are so messy. And when we're going through trauma, we're going through grief, we're going through hard things. Our our loved ones, the closest ones to us are the ones who get the brunt of it all because you got to show up to work. You got to be nice to the yep. neighbor down the street. You got to, but when you come home and you just want to crawl in bed and cry and like you said, kind of robotically kind of get through different things. Um, yeah. Our little people in our homes, yeah. you know, they, but they don't, they've never gone through this either. So they don't know any different. So, you know, that, that's, right. that's one of the things my counselor had helped me to see too, when I was so feeling so bad and guilty and just wanted those years back and, and she just said, they don't know any different. You're their only mom. Yeah, you know, this, yeah. this is their home. They, they're, they're, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. There is grace for that. There is grace for that. Yeah. And I, my girls, I feel that they have, sh- that I've shared that with them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, right. you're the strongest mama we know, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay. But it all, it is, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, in looking back, they are capturing the best parts of what mm. happened. Um, they both have been or have done or are in, um, you know, counseling mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. own things yeah. and yeah. it being absolutely 100% okay mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. They love, they're like, well, we saw you go through it, mom. Right. So it's okay. Right. You know, the, so there are some really beautiful things that mm-hmm. I can say today mm-hmm. that I can see happen mm-hmm. from all mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if that's all that mm-hmm. I've given them. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and it is another example of trusting the Lord with our story yes. and that he is doing things behind the scenes that we have no idea what he's doing. We That's can only so see kind of the front of the tapestry, right? And we yep. can't see all that he's doing behind it and just trusting him to be like, okay, this this feels like those years should have been different or I should have yeah. been different. But just to say, he, I mean, he knows everything and we yeah. do not. And he is God and we are not. And, um, you know, and that is why it is so important to hang on and just to encourage people not to give up that... You may not be the the wife you want to be, the mom you want to be. You may have all of this stuff that you're trying to deal with and process and and you're just feeling like a failure, but just hang on and keep doing the work yeah. because there is there is some beauty and some redemption down the road if you keep doing the hard work. And yes. the people that you love, I mean, they will watch you and learn. And like you said, I mean, you're setting the example. You yeah. you your daughters look to you now and see a strong woman who has continued to fight for joy. And that is, that's a gift. That is a gift for you to give your daughters for sure. Well, as we, um, just wrap up here, I mean, I just, I just want to think about somebody who is going through somebody, something really hard. Um, and you know, maybe they're smack dab in the middle kind of what we were just talking about. They're just um, dealing with their own heart and they don't know if they can find joy or if life is worth living anymore. And so just from what you've learned about trauma, what you've learned about God, what you've learned about walking with him through the hard things in life, what you've learned about your fight for joy, I guess I'm just wondering what is something you'd want to leave with my listeners today? So what would you like for them to take away from your story and from this conversation today? Oh, I, I would say to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every day is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But that you are worth 
the investment of mm-hmm. healing and moving mm-hmm. forward. And mm-hmm. yeah, you are worth being your own I'm hobby. I'm worth. <laughs> I'm worth being my own hobby. That's right. <laughs> well, friend, I am so sorry that you have had to walk through what you did, and I hate that you've had to go through what you have and, and, um, hate what I've had to go through as well. And also at the same time, I mean, we both are good fighters for joy and we are continuing to, to run to the Lord. And, um, I'm just thankful for you, Miranda, and just for for your faith, your tender heart towards others and just the friendship that God is creating between the two of us and so thank you for sharing today and I just I know God is in this I know he's going to use all that you shared to help and encourage someone so thank you thank you so much for listening today if you were helped or encouraged by this episode please share it with others I would also love for you to find me on social media you can connect with me and others who are listening on my fighting for joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.